Trice Talk mini pod for, well, it's actually the Saturday night edition, uh, but since it has clicked over past midnight now, I guess it's technically Sunday morning. So it's April the 18th. Um, thanks for joining me for another episode of mini pod. Tonight I'm going to, um, if time permits, I'm going to try and, and share two articles with you that cover different aspects of the same disease, in, in my opinion, that is overwhelming our society in this country. That has to do with the ever-present accusations of racism and white supremacy, and actually cancel culture as well. You know, to me, it, it's infected almost every aspect of our society, our jobs, our sports that we watch, our movies, our music, our most and, and most certainly education and justice and the political system. The only thing that is somewhat untouched, in my opinion, at least for the moment anyway, is religion. And I may have missed some of the markers on that one. But don't think that is not on someone's radar. For as you know, every good conservative clings to their religion along with their guns. So the first article is by Joseph A. Wolfson at Fox News, and it's titled, Bill Maher, Sharon Osbourne, Rail Against Cancel Culture Snitches at the Talk. We don't need re-education. So uh, there's actually some audio clips that go with this, but I decided not to use them because um, they really kind of mirror along what the print is in the article. So I didn't see any point in, in trying to do those. Plus they're uh, a little diff difficult to follow at some points with all the clapping and the noise in the background. So I'm just going to um, go through the article. Real-time host Bill Maher and TV personality Sharon Osbourne blast cancel culture following her controversial exit from the CBS daytime talk show, The Talk. During Friday night's interview, Marr lamented how everyone today seemed to be a snitch, but also confronted Osborne about accusations I'm sorry, that she used derogatory language about the former talk co-host. 
Mar goes on to say, we don't condone any bad language anywhere, but I'm just saying, now this is coming from Mar, who, if you've watched any of his shows, um, it's kind of peppered with bad language, uh, depending on, I guess, your perception. First of all, we're talking about four ladies, Mar said. I know that men are dogs and men are dogs. And we're bitches, Osborne interjected. And that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. I don't know why they keep repeating themselves. Well, we'll go, Jesus, did you see what she was wearing? And then you go, oh, hi, you look so great. You know, we're bitches, and that's the way that it is. And this has brought it all out. Osborne later told Mar she never used the slurs against uh, that have been alleged about her using against the former talk co-host Lay Remini, who claimed Osborne referred to Julie Chen as a woman as a wanton and slanty eyes and called Sarah Gilbert a pea licker and fish eater. Okay, so you can fill in the pea licker part. They actually omitted it from this article as well, so I'm not I'm not omitting anything that they didn't. She insisted that such terms are not in my vocabulary. It's disgruntled ladies, Osborne said. Mara suggested that any disputes Osborne may have had with her co-host perhaps didn't represent her finest hour. We can't judge everybody by their worst moment, Mar later told her. Maybe you just lost your cool. But he rallied against the notion that Osborne needed to be re-educate, to re-educate herself instead of simply offer a sincere apology for any offense she may have caused. How about, I shouldn't do that. I won't do it again, he said. I mean, you did issue an apology for this, and it was like, I read it at the words like, I'm going to re-educate myself. No, we could all do better, of course, but this idea and culture now that people need to re-educate themselves, indoctrinate themselves. I'm sorry, I'm 65, you're 68. I know who I am. I don't need re-education, Mark continued. Do you need re-education? 68, you've been all over the world. You're married to a rock star. You've been with all the A-listers and, and rock and roll, like Ephem. Like you need to race, tell me all about it. It's fantasy. On the subject of cancel culture, Osborne insists, I'm going to be fine, but expressed concerns for others who can't defend themselves. I'm a fighter. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. But what about the people who are cut from the knees down and they can't afford to get lessons on what's politically correct? and how to talk to people, she said. What happens to them? It's not fair. It's not fair because it just, it isn't about being a racist. It's about maybe not knowing what is correct and woke for your language that day because it changes from day to day and what is correct and what isn't. Mar and Osborne then piled on Robin D'Angelo's book, White Fragility which is billed as a manual to teach white people how to be anti-racist, but which critics say 
only fuels more racism. You have two choices if you're white. You're either a racist or a racist and you don't know it. And I'm not down with that, Mar said. I know who raised me. I know who my friends are. I know how I've treated people. And this thing is, you cannot blanket any race, Osborne told Meyer. You cannot. There's good and bad in every race. You just don't blanket. And I have to agree with that. This 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 whole thing of re-educating and I'll have to say because most of it's been directed at white people, re-educating white people. I mean, these people are making the assumption that every white person is what they say they are on on uh, the left-wing media news are, are these left-wing idiot radicals that stand up there and, and every time something goes wrong in this country, they label every freaking white person in this country with the same label. And they stand up there like they have first-hand knowledge of every, I want to say words that I don't, I don't use on Trice Talk or Minipod. But it's offensive to me that they stand up there and accuse every white person or any person who is a conservative, which there are, are many black conservatives, there are many Hispanic conservatives in this country today because they've seen the outlandish ideology of, of left-wing extremism in this country. But that's what they do. If you'll notice every situation that goes wrong, they will stand up there, the left, anybody representing the left and say, this is because of white people. And there's some stuff I'll talk about in this coming week on Trice Talk. Um, our U.S. ambassador the other day or this past week was talking down about America and America's white racism issues and it's like like I said it's like a, a disease it's a contagion that uh, they seem to feel like it works and it has to some extent for some time now for several years but the, it's like on hyperdrive now because every freaking thing in in society is blamed on white racism now and, that, and we're not going to get into an argument about what things were done wrong. There were things done wrong in this country by people in this country. There's still things that are done wrong in this country by people, but not entire races of people. Reeducate. I don't need to be reeducated. I'm like Bill Maher. I know my family. I know where I come from. I know the kind of attitudes and the way that my family treated people when I was growing up. I'm not ashamed of my family. I'm not ashamed of what they've done, although uh, there some things were the things that were done in my family that I, I'm not so crazy about were things we did to each other, but not to not to other races. So that's the article with Bill Maher and Sharon Osbourne. 
Now let me see if I can switch over to this other one, which is on the kind of same vein. Uh, it's from my friend Mike Huckabee. Let's see if I can get that one up there. All right. And, of course, I've talked at length about Georgia, the new Georgia voting laws here, and I, I hope I'm not, uh, people aren't getting tired of that, but it's it's so important because it stays in the news. And as long as they keep talking about it, and as long as they use that as ammunition for uh, those racial comments that they make against white people in the state of Georgia, then I'm going to have to address it from time to time. Because as long as they talk about it, I'm fired up about it. But this is this is more in line with uh, Mike Huckabee's talking about the attention for woke com- uh, corporations. And this is from um, his newsletter on April the 16th, which would have been uh, Friday, I believe. Yep. All right, Mike goes on to say, I mentioned yesterday that Coca-Cola, realizing its anti-election integrity law virtue signaling, had poked the bear and ticked off millions of Coke drinkers. And I'm one of them. (laughs) I can tell you, I have not bought a Coke product since. It is suddenly making conciliatory noises about the importance of giving a respectful hearing to all sides of an issue which would be nice for all corporations to have as a default position rather having to be forced into it. Or maybe they just saw the result of the polls by the Daily Wire. At least 64% of respondents said that they are less likely to support big businesses that take public stands on political issues. And 70% agree with the statement. Corporations and sports teams should generally stay out of politics. Newsflash, we watch sports to escape politics. When we ask about the individual provisions in the new Georgia election law, large majorities agreed with all of them. For instance, 78% supported voter ID and 76% believe campaign workers should leave voters alone while they're waiting in line to vote. (laughs) They must have dealt with them before, Mike Huckabee says. Among Major League Baseball fans, 54% agree that the provisions in the law that MLB moved the All-Star Game out of Atlanta to protest. 58% of all respondents, including a majority of non-white Americans and nearly half of all MLB fans, believe politicians and the media are exaggerating to make the Georgia law sound worse than it is. And in what should come as a four-alarm warning to all the MLB its already negative ratings are climbing. 44% of respondents now have an overall negative view of the MLB after the decision to move the game. And of those who already viewed the MLB negatively, 79% now view it more negatively. But it gets worse. Another poll by Rasmussen that I previously mentioned not only found that 51% of Americans, including 30% of Democrats, think cheating affected the 2020 election, but 
large majorities of all racial groups reject the claim that voter ID discriminates against some voters. And brace yourselves, woke CEOs. 59% of whites, 50% of black, I'm sorry, 56% of blacks, and 63% of all other minority voters believe it's more important to make sure there's no cheating in elections than it is to make it easier to vote. In fact, 34% of voters think it's already too easy to vote. FYI, the least surprising finding was that strong Biden supporters are the group least likely to say preventing cheating in elections is a higher priority than making it easier to cast ballots. All this begs the question, why are these corporations who boards and CEOs are paid outlandish bucks to maximize stockholder returns, alienating millions of customers to placate a tiny minority of leftists who insist that their radical views are the only acceptable ones? And if you disagree, you're a sexist, a racist, a homophobic, transphobic Nazi. Who would you buy soda? <laughs> would you buy soda from someone who told you that? I'd be afraid to drink it if they gave it to me for free. Huckabee goes on to say, if we allow these corporation uh, elites to impose vetoes over laws passed by the people's elected representatives, then we'll no longer be living in the United States of America, but in the state of serfdom. Here's a warning about where it could all lead and why the claim that they're private companies so they can do whatever they want is high sounding hooey. Let's hope these polls and boycott calls are sending a message that Americans will not tolerate rule by arrogant oligarchs. This is still a free market system and we can and will take our dollars elsewhere. More alternatives are popping up every day as smarter business people see the giant's blunders and rush to take advantage of them. And if you happen to be a stockholder in one of these companies whose leaders put flaunting their liberal politics above padding your retirement account, you can go to a stockholders meeting with Coke. You'll have to show a photo ID to get in. Stand up and tell them off, then vote to replace them. Let them take their golden parachute and land in Portland or Minneapolis. If they love competent, peaceful leftist rules so much. FYI, there are a number of services that will allow you to set up a trading account for free and buying a share of stock in any company. And then he gives you a link to that. I'm not quite sure why that was in the article, but um, maybe if you want to sell your Coke stock, if you have any, or any of in, in those other corporations that uh, were so supportive of Stacey Abrams and her idiot uh, minions who are screaming the racism comments about the Georgia voter law. And I know we've talked about it, and I know we've almost beat it to death, okay? So I don't want to beat it to death here. 
but I have to ask the question because it's, it's, it's an important one because these people are not going to give up screaming racism on these Georgia laws. I mean, there's, they've got, uh, movie personalities and sports personalities coming on and telling people in Georgia, you know, that, that it's these racist laws have to be overturned. Why? How many people in Georgia wouldn't have some kind of ID? If you're over the age of, was it? I think it's 16. You get a learner's permit in the state, learner's driver's license. So at the age of 16, you have your first opportunity to get that permit. Now I'll admit, some families may not have the means for you to have a car, so you may not find yourself going out and getting a license. But here, um, I got my license before I got a car. I just borrowed the family car. I actually borrowed my aunt and uncle's car to do my driver's test because our car was in such bad shape. We didn't, because back at that time in Texas, uh, the uh, guy doing driver's test, he could actually look at your car and, and check it for any uh, violations, equipment violations. So I had to take something that was a little bit more uh, better running than the old family automobile. But seriously, I, so I got my first driver's license uh, when I was 16. And so there's your voter ID right there. That's all you need in the state of Georgia. So how many people do you think over the age of 16 in Georgia, or especially the age of 18, that don't have a driver's license? Now there may be some, and there may certainly bigger chance of there being some elderly people that may not have a driver's license anymore, but they did at one time. But, you know, the state of Georgia offers you a free identification card. Doesn't cost you a freaking dime. Once you obtain that, that's your identification for just about everything that you want to do in this state. So I have a little bit of problem with people calling that voter ID thing a racist issue. And just because these fanatics want to call it that doesn't make it so. And we need to stop feeling guilty about this and we need to open our mouths and say, no, it's not racist because you should have an ID. I mean, at some point in your life, you're going to encounter something, even if you don't drive, where somebody's going to tell you, you have to have proof of your ID. It's just, it's part of life, people. And the other thing they complain about is, uh, you know, having to register so many days before you actually vote. I mean, come on now. What is this thing about that you, you think people should be able to register the day of the election and be able to vote at that time? At the last minute, I've decided, oh, I know who I want to vote for now. So here, let me register. That right there probably says you haven't put a lot of thought into it. And that right there is, is what Stacey Abrams and her 
group of people did last year and just getting out there and getting any Tom, Dick and Harry they could find. Are you registered? No. Well, here, let's register you and you need to go down there and vote. We'll help you. So Mike Huckabee is right. And, and it's sad that we have to keep talking about that, but it's a good thing. This article was really about the fact that Coke is now backpedaling about their initial decision to support the group who is railing against the uh, the Georgia voter ID laws, the new one. And uh, hopefully some of these others that stepped in that too early uh, are now beginning to feel the heat because I can tell you, I've talked to a number of people who, um, you know, will not support, you know, these companies, these products anymore that continue to, uh, to support leftists and, and these extreme measures where they want to label everything as racist in this country. And, you know, again, we don't say boycott anybody, but certainly have a right not to um, purchase something if uh, these people use their platform to go against things that you believe in. If they'd stay out of politics, it really wouldn't matter. We don't care who they vote for. We don't care who they send money to support, but don't come out publicly and alienate you know the other group of people who buy your products and then expect us to keep buying them after you've basically said oh well yeah we (laughs) you must be racist because you support this law it's amazing it's amazing what we've allowed to happen in this country in the last five years and it's um it's something that is not going to get any better unless people have the the wherewithal to push back in every little every little way that they can and um like i said mike huckabee seems to he's he's got coke's number there and and he's right with these polls. I mean, uh, NFL learned that uh, last year or the year before last, they started seeing a decline in viewership because of the uh, taking a knee controversy before the games. I mean, how can be said? You know, we don't watch football. We don't watch baseball. We w- we watch it to escape to get away from our daily issues. And it's supposed to be an entertainment thing for us. And the fact that these players and these owners now want to use that as a platform, well, basically they're removing our escape, you know, that that used to make it such an enjoyable thing because for that hour and a half or two hours, however long it goes on, we didn't have to think about politics. We didn't have to think about things that were going on elsewhere in the world. That was an escape. And, you know, we need an escape. So maybe this is, um, maybe it's just a little inkling of pushback, which may start 
dampening some of these efforts by these extreme leftists to make everything in this country evil that doesn't agree with them. And I'll have more this coming week with Trice Talk about some of these politicians that have been so vocal here um, in, in the last few days. It's just, it's, it's sickening, really, to listen to it. So we'll be talking about that. Anyway, that's um, pretty much it. I did get both of those articles in, and really, I'm still under the 30-minute time limit here that I try to keep, believe it or not. So um, I appreciate you uh, listening tonight if you download this. And uh, keep in mind, this is Sunday, so tonight, uh, myself, Dennis Lee, and Eric Kirk will be doing uh, our kickoff for the week the sunday night live at 11 p.m and hope everyone will join us for that and uh, other than that hope everybody has a safe and wonderful sunday stay safe everybody Thank you.